there, there are three paths people take when they get the stuff that they want. Sometimes like your collecting journey, similar to mine, one is that they would think, okay, I got all the basic sets. I'm going to go for master sets. I'm going to go for the variations, things like that. That's one approach that is a really tough challenge. The second really tough challenge is, okay, I've got all these basic sets. I'm going to try to get them autographed. And I actually, I, I went down door number one and I also went down door number two at one point. And then I got so involved with the price guides. I just couldn't do collecting anymore, but getting all these cards autographed, that was a challenge back in the seventies for me. The third path is getting everything graded and doing registry type sets for whatever registry, PSA is the biggest one, but now you're talking some pretty big bucks. So that I haven't done. I'm not trying to get graded sets, but I do get certain cards graded if I think it is protection and identification yeah. and, and sometimes values, there's value as well. Yeah, maybe I go down that path later. It's like holding the cards or something, being able to take it out of the top loader and hold it if I want to is, I still get some enjoyment. I, I agree. I did an episode about the 4849 Leaf Baseball, which is before you're born before, before I'm born too, I think. But the fact that I collected those by colors, by colorful backgrounds, and I just have them still, that's turned out to be a really good investment that I acquired them in the seventies. I got some lots when I find something that was a color variation because they're very crude cards. And the fact that I just set them aside and then I wake up in 2020, Rip Van Winkle, they weren't fully appreciated back contemporaneously. The prices for some of this stuff have gone up so much in the last five or 10 years. Like the one that like sticks out is like I, I asked about the 91 Leaf Gold Rookie, the variations where they're numbered 265 to 278 on the back end. A full set of them, Bob Lemke had auctioned off a full set and I, had, I didn't really know much about the cards at the time or the value. And I was like, I only want to pay $10 a card for them. So I wound up winning two of the cards. And yeah. these cards, I don't know what I would pay for them, but it'd be multiples of that at this point. But right. Bob Lemke, great example. He got a set just like I did. He was my contemporary, a great guy, really did a lot of great hobby work, but he was doing the standard catalogs and back at that time was one of the main guys at Krause. And so he got his own set. People in the industry were given samples of some of these things, but I don't think we're necessarily talking about dozens of these cards existing, but I don't think we're talking about hundreds existing. Yeah. 50, 100, something like that. I was more of a generalist, but if you're searching for those kind of things, you can see that some of these things are really if there's a hundred of them, I'd be surprised. Yeah, it's, not, it's something like over time, if I collect them, great. It's not something that I'm expecting to find like anytime soon. It's just always looking. And... Well, that's why I was saying to be an opportunist. You go to a show, if you have a tiny want list of very obscure things, you've got a good chance of leaving unhappy. When, yeah, I, when you think... I don't even look, this kind of stuff, I don't even look for at a card show. If I'm going to find it, it's going to be on eBay or ComC where someone's putting something up for sale that either they don't realize. A question for you, ethical dilemma. If you come across eBay or in person, and you find a card that's the much tougher air card, the much tougher promo card that looks very similar. Do you feel an obligation to correct the pricing before you buy it? Or do you just say, you want a dollar for this card? It's worth a lot more. Here's my dollar. Do you, do you see any ethical issues there? Because I've been faced with those kind of dilemmas. Yeah, I guess I haven't really been as ethical as I could be in those situations. There's definitely been somewhere I tell the person, I'm like, what is this? Or, you know, it's led to discussions where they realize it. And then probably other stuff like on sports, I guess probably the place where I've found either really good deals for me or bad deals for other people is on sports lots where you can just ask people like, do you have this kind of variation and they don't realize that you're buying this card for a dollar that winds up being like extremely rare. Yeah. Again, ethics probably isn't the right word because you've done a lot of homework. I could tell from your first correspondence that you're really into it and there are obscure things that you almost have to live it. You have to have experienced it. It's just reading about it in a book. You might just miss it. It's yeah. like a sports lot dealer. They, they can't go through every card. And so we can't be expected, you or me or anybody else, to do their work for them. 
That's one of the reasons why I like looking at a dollar box. So I can just pick, if everything's a dollar, then I'm going to pick out things. And some of them are going to be worth a dollar or less. And some are going to be worth a, a lot more. And I don't feel like I have to educate the person because they're in that box because they're unsorted. Yeah. And so otherwise, like the car, at least on sport lots, sports, I'm not buying it. I'm reaching out to the person. It's never going to get sold anyway. Because exactly. They just have it listed as a regular common. And I've emailed, I've literally gone through and emailed all 50 dealers who has the card and just say, what's, is this, if I didn't do it, the, the card's probably been sitting there for years and it'll sit there forever. The blue tips, I guess you haven't done much there. Those are very, very tough. Yeah. But they're really cool cards. I think there's 48 of them possibly total, but maybe only maybe 30 has actually made it to market and the others didn't. But do you realize what you're collecting has been, is considered the junk wax era? Yeah, And these are so obscure and difficult to find, even though they were produced right in the middle of the junk wax era. That's what makes it so cool. Yeah. Okay. And then some of the, uh, the 88 to 91. So really the 88 score promo. So you probably know there's two different kinds of those. So like the ones with Langston and Boyd, like I have all those and like they made promo boards of those. So that's one area. Those aren't too hard to find at this point. But then they made the purple variations where it has McGuire and Mattingly and Boggs. I don't even know how many of those. I have probably 30 of them, but there's so many different variations where even... They have a yellow front on the front and then it'll have three different logos. So like for Andre Dawson, it has like the yellow front portion. Then I'll have him on the Reds and the Expos and teams he never even played for. I don't know if you have any of those, but those are really cool. I like the Mark McGuire. I have three different Mark McGuire's. One of them has them on the Dodgers. Those are really hard to find. I got pretty much almost all of those from one guy out in California. This was years ago. I don't know much about those cards at all. Uh, uh, I had the, the board cards. They sent me those. Yeah, so, those, so that's one part. But then they had the six that were, it was Wade Boggs, Mattingly, Dawson, Rain, Seitzer, and McGuire. And then they made all kinds of different like fronts and backs with them. I don't think I had very many of those. Like, no, okay. But like I've said, I, I wasn't out there trying to acquire things back in those days other than type cards that we could show in our books and magazines to let people know that this is what it looks like. And we had a card library, which was more mine than the company's at some point when I sold the company. I've, I've already talked about that. Some of the stuff was junk and some of the stuff was not golden, but way tougher. And in the last 10 or 15 years, it's proven to be really tough and prices have really gone up. If it's a better player and it's a scarce variation, the the price can get up there now. People are looking for unusual items. Yeah. So there's those six with the different colored borders that I think they sent to dealers. I think these other ones were just possibly proof sheets that they printed and never actually distributed to dealers. I think somehow they made it out there, but I don't think they ever actually got distributed into the marketplace. I thought you were talking about the 91 score because I think that's what happened with that second series. That it was an unfinished sheet and they they were maybe showing what it would look like and then some of the sheets got cut up and they're extremely scarce. All I know is they don't have the last year of statistics. Yeah, so they did those for 1990 and 91. If the 1990s are a lot more common, they're still really hard to find, but they're more common. There's someone selling a bunch for $35 right now on eBay, but you can typically pick them up for 15 to 20. But then the 91s are extremely hard to find. I don't think we even have the complete checklist. Or we know what it could be, but I don't think there, there are too many of them that are not verified. I don't yes, I- Supply and demand. And when you look at the price of things, there's a situation. Some of the things you're looking for, and I was looking for too back in the day and, and still enjoy, they're too scarce to be expensive. In some ways, yeah. There's a limit to how high they can go because the, the supply is super low, but the demand is super low. In fact, people don't even know they exist. It's two or three will sell for a lot, and then the price will just collapse unless there's two or three people pay for them. No one wants to sell it, but the um, 84 Tops Daryl Palmer from the Slugger's Wife movie? I thought that was like the natural field of dreams, the different movies that have been out. What's the other one? Major League. All these different movies that had promotional. Yeah. So I think they made that. The background on this that I've been able to gather, it's numbered like 801, has a regular back on it. I don't have it. I don't have it. 
So I think they made a hundred and you could actually, from one of the sports catalogs back then, you could buy them for, I think, $50 um, a piece. And so it's, it was very expensive at the time, but that's how people were able to get them. They were buying $50 a piece back in 84. There should be like a hundred of them more produced. I don't have those. I did get a set of the Major League movie with Charlie Yeah, it's a Major League movie. Yeah. I don't know if there's any cards associated with it. I, and uh, Bull Durham has cards with a Kevin Costner. Uh, and he's got a minor league card too. So I get obscure kind of things. If yeah. I hold on to them, if I think they'd be of interest, if somebody comes over and wants to look, because so many cards are the same cards everybody always sees. Right. Yeah. I've been putting together my wall of fame. I thought I'm going to make sure that there's no collector that could ever come over and look at it and not say, I've never seen that card or that card or that card. But they're going to bunch of them they have seen, but a bunch of them they haven't seen, even on ComC or even on eBay in many cases. So yeah. I'm unwilling to say that something's a one of one, but sure it's, some of them are, yeah. it's the only one I've ever seen. Yeah. And, and, I, and I picked it up at a national 40 years ago for way less than it would go for now, but uh, probably paid appropriately at the time. It's funny. So what are you doing with your collection these days? My first cut is ComC, but I'm not going to put stuff on ComC where there's already a hundred copies of something. If nobody's got it, then I'm thinking I can put it on there. If I put a, an aggressive price, it'll sell quickly. If I put a, a little higher price, it might sell more slowly. And it might wind up in the collection of Lee Markowitz. <laughs> <Yeah>, hopefully. <laughs> but that's my approach at this point. 